This was a super cool interview. I talked with Dr. Matthew Phillips, who's a cardiologist out of Austin, Texas. He's been on this fantastic, amazing, pretty much magical weight loss journey. And he actually calls it magical. Um, and it's just been amazing. It's just been amazing just talking to him and picking his brain. He's he was he's been trying his whole life to lose weight. He was like 190 pounds, 200 pounds at one point. And he tried all the stuff he did. Weight loss shakes, he did keto, he did Atkins, we get into all of that. He's tried almost every diet, he's cut calories, you know, whatever. Even tried, I believe, some, you know, weight loss medications in the past. But he was never really able to lose weight. Finally, he got put on Manjaro, you know, these new GLP-1 receptor agonists like Ozempic, Wegovi, Trulicity, Saxenda, Bayetta, you know, all of those. Gets put on Manjaro and since June has dropped 50 pounds. He's like 147 or maybe 154 or something like that. And it was effortless. He says the one thing that he thinks about these medications that is super cool is how effortless it has been. He says, I almost don't even have to try and I almost have to remind myself to eat. I have to remember to get enough fiber. He uses fiber gummies and make sure he drinks water because he realizes that he's not getting uh, food and it's just it's just amazing and then a lot of my patients if you guys have been listening to me I had a guy lose 80 pounds in two months I got had a guy lose 176 almost 200 pounds and since May I've had a lady drop almost 200 pounds since I first met her I think it was less than half a year ago I mean he's not taking anything on top of it you guys if you've listened to me I like to put on one or two medications at a time to get like a full you know stronger effect He's only on Manjaro and not even on the highest dose. He started on the, the baby dose and he's just on the baby dose, which is like the basic simplest dose. I think he's on five milligrams, I think he said, um, which is the lowest dose. And he's just doing fantastic. You guys are going to love this interview. It's about an hour and 10 minutes and very eye opening. We did get off track and talk about a million other things, too, like social media and, you know, teaching and just some fun kind of cool life stuff. I did have to edit a lot of stuff out that was, uh, you know, probably not appropriate for uh, consumption. Um, maybe some of it stayed in there. I don't I don't remember. I think I got all of it. But either way, super cool interview. You guys are going to love it. Um, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time in my community. Um, the video is posted there first. All of my podcast videos, everything is posted for the community first so they can watch it and see it first. And then it ends up on YouTube or, you know, podcast players or what have you community we have a forum where we discuss the podcast we do weekly zooms we talk on zoom pretty much every week uh to you know catch up with everyone see who's lost weight who hasn't lost weight who's stuck who who's not stuck what they're doing it's just a fascinating thing you guys suggested i do this community and i did and it's just been like life-changing for so many people you can join by going to dralonet slash community d-r-a-l-o.net slash community Use the code one month, all caps, M-O-N-T-H, the number one, then M-O-N-T-H, one month to get the first month free. See if you like it. Join our Zooms. If you like it, uh, you know, stick around. If you don't, you can cancel at any time. Um, it won't hurt us. We we just love it. It's, it's fantastic. But anyways, enough of that. Um, you guys are going to love this interview. It's super fun. Uh, just, just so eye-opening of what it is like from the patient's perspective. You know, I see it from my perspective. I check in with my patients once a month, 
But to actually hear somebody talk about what they go through every day and how it affects them and the mental aspects, the mindset, you know, the food, you know, the cravings, all of that is just is just super eye opening. You guys are going to love this. That's enough of me talking. We'll get to the interview. See you in the next episode. All right, Dr. Matthew Phillips, welcome to the program. So maybe we'll start off. uh, We'll have you introduce yourself. Okay. Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, what, what you do, where you've worked. I know you're down in Texas and I know you're originally, you, you learned, you uh, studied at Michigan. So I don't know if we can be friends. Yeah. So, yeah. So I um, grew up in New York city and uh, ended up going to college and medical school together at, uh, in Ann Arbor. The military uh, paid for that. So uh, I ended up then doing my cardiology internal medicine in the air force in San Antonio. And I was in Biloxi, Mississippi for a few years uh, in the military base, went off to Northern Virginia, came back to Texas because my wife's a Texan and they have to live in Texas. And um, so I ended up being the uh, head of Austin Heart, a very large practice in Austin. Heart Hospital was very active in Marin College of Cardiology. I was actually the head of the Texas chapter. And at one point I was the uh, going to be the chair of the Board of Governors in the ACC. I was on the Board of Trustees. I was doing all this stuff. And I was out in rural Texas and dri- driving home on a beautiful April 1st day, pulled up next to a school bus. Uh, and I remember the driver looked at me. I looked at her. She reached over to open the door to let the kids off. And then kabam, I got hit by a guy going 70 miles an hour. I ended up um, in front of the school bus Long story, I had a, my head hit the roof, I had a concussion, I lost teeth, I broke my arm, took out my back and had a blood clot in my leg and blood clot in my lung. Uh, I ended up surviving that, but uh, as the years went on, I think I, it just progressively got worse. My back kept getting worse. My leg, where the blood clots were in, got worse. And eventually, um, uh, I had to retire. And... You know, that was a very big uh, life stress. And I'm trying to get you a picture. I guess enough this will show up. This what can you see that? Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. And if you can see the difference in weight. Um Yeah, no, definitely. I gained um about uh sixty some odd pounds because you I went from being, you know, this pretty active person. I have a better picture here, uh, to basically stand in line at Walgreens, you know had no hobbies, I lost my identity. And, you know, so much of, of weight management here, here's a better picture with the Michigan. Um, how about that one? Oh, my. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge difference, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Ended up uh, sitting home feeling sorry for myself, watching ice truckers and all those daytime TV shows, eating cereal. But um, so I'd been interested. So, so how long ago was that? That picture I can tell you exactly. Because it's dated. No, I, mean, I know you've lost a lot of weight even more recently, but yeah, this was 2018, April 2018. 2018, and and when would you? So tell me about your your weight loss uh, history. So, yeah, so basically, you know, when I graduated my fellowship, I was about the weight I am in now, and you know, you you work and we were in the hospital, and there's donuts and junk food and coffee with cream, and you know, I probably probably for most of my adult life, I was probably in the 170 to 180, so 20 to 30 pounds above what I would consider 
a good weight, but I was always very active. I was playing sports and all that. But then um, I gained that weight. I was very active when I was in practice with the uh, weight, the meal replacement programs. And those are the ones, they're ketosis programs. They're not keto. The keto diet is low carb, but high fat. These ketosis programs are more low carb, low fat, but the principle is the same. You become ketotic. And what you do is you replace a couple of meals a day with prepackaged food. And the packaged food is plant protein, low in carbs, low in fat. And had some really good success with that. They also have one-on-one coaching. They follow you on a body composition scale to make sure that you're losing fat, not muscle. Um, and I actually, up until before I was retired, I got down pretty well. I was probably in the, you know, 170 range. So, you know, maybe 20 pounds higher than college weight, which isn't too bad. But then, so as far as uh, I would say in the last year or so with the pandemic, I I guess with the pandemic, I got back up to about 190 again. And And what is the most you've ever weighed? 211. 211. That was at at 2018, that picture. Yeah, I'd say that's 215, 211, somewhere in there, yeah. And in terms of, so you've... Tell me everything you've tried. You tried the keto bars, right? Uh, well, it's like keto. I want to be very clear on this. Yeah. Um, the it wasn't a the keto diet for people watching. Keto diet is a diet where your body goes into ketosis, but it's a high fat diet, low carb, high fat. The diet I did was low carb, low fat, and I think there's a big difference between. So, what part of it made it what? What what were the rest of the calories then? Mostly meat, protein. protein? I guess it was protein. Okay. Yeah, so you had protein, a lot of animal protein. Yeah, so was, plant protein, plant protein. I mean, excuse me. So almost more like t- trending towards carnivore minus the meat part, the animal. Well, it plant plant a lot of plant based. Yeah. So I would say it's protein, higher protein, but a plant protein. And so was it mostly shakes? Shakes, bars. Oh, there was like 80, 40 different foods. I mainly had shakes because it was easy. So it was like a meal replacement program. Almost. Yes, meal replacement. A couple four sh- I would have what you would have is three or four shakes a day, lots of vegetables, and one meal a day on your own. So I think I think. Oh, it's very hard. I I know. I mean, even myself personally, you know, I've tried almost every diet you can imagine. Uh, starting back in the nineties with the Atkins low carb stuff, similar, you know, very similar South Beach, which was actually invented by a cardiologist, Dr. Agastin, the guy who invented the calcium scanner, actually. That's right, I know that, really. Agastin? Well, but you know, I think the the, the difference, and I guess we're going to get into it, the the difference with all these other diets, and and, you talk about it, how many patients you see, it's, it's amazing. The difference is on these other diets, you lose the weight, but you never lose the hunger. When you're ketotic, you're not as hungry, but you still crave it. When you're ketotic, you're not hungry, but if someone says to you, hey, you want some alcohol? Yeah. You want you want a cheesecake? Sure. Whereas on the medications we'll get to, that goes away. And that's what's oh, yeah. really unique. The cravings no, absolutely. go away. The, the keto diet, I mean, I've, I've tried pretty much everything too. Definitely, you don't get as much hunger, but your body somehow finds a way to get you back up. Like, you know, back to get your weight back. I mean, and they've, they've studied this extensively. People who lose weight, regardless of how you lose it, you can pick any diet. When you lose weight and let's say you drop 20 pounds, your body wants to get you back up to that, to your starting weight. You were 200. They want you get to 180. 
there's these mechanisms your body has, compensatory mechanisms to slowly increase hunger, you know, reduce satiety, reduce your needs, which is like your background activity, you know, this amount of steps you take a day, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, reduce your BMR, what have you. To get you to get back up to 200. It's the set point, the whole set point theory. The set right? point, exactly. And and yeah. George Byrne, the, the doctor out of Harvard, George Blackburn, spent like 35 years studying this. Um, he has a whole book about it called Breakthrough Your Set Point. Um, his son, it, actually, believe it or not, his son is does the partial Miller placements. He works oh, in a really? company. Yeah. They no, I didn't in, know that. Yeah, he yeah, works in a company up in uh, uh, bariatrics, and they – and and the program is good, but the the, the thing about the partial meal replacement programs that make them work is you are assigned to a coach. So basically, while you have the hunger, you know you got to weigh in with the coach, and it's that accountability. But you're hungry all the time, and what are you gonna? And it's hard to be with a coach the rest of your life, but it, it does work. And the other thing, how many patients would you say you saw a day? I was thinking about this today. What percent of the people you see in a day have to lose? Not just five or ten pounds, but like fifteen percent of their body weight. I'd say half the patients, at least. A lot, yeah, absolutely. A lot. And then what was happening with these partial meal replacements? Because we were involved in them. You'd have a doc. The doc would send ten patients. Ten patients. He would say, "Look, we have these partial meal replacement programs. We have a great coach." And so the coach would call the patients. Out of every ten patients that a doc would send. How many do you think would sign up after a coach calls the patient and says, hey, you, I can help you. I'll hold your hand. How many would sign up? I would say 5% maybe. Yeah, one, one, okay. one. So from a, it, it, you, a, a doc's taking their time during the day. They're talking to 10 people, spending five minutes. Okay, well, that's 50. It's an hour just telling you go on a diet and only one of those patients makes an effort. Or because, and the reason is always the same. The real reason is they don't want to do it, but it's they say it's the cost. And then if they go on a diet, what happens with the rest of their family? That's a real problem because a lot of these families are all overweight. And so you, you can't, the one person goes on a diet, how do they go shopping, you know? The mental uh, and mindset and social aspect of it is huge. Like you said, when there's a social accountability aspect to it, it you, people are more likely to do it. Like if your spouse wants to lose weight or quit smoking or what have you, eat healthier, and the other spouse isn't doing it, uh, it's going to be a problem. You're not going to be able to do it very long. If I'm still smoking and my wife's trying to quit in the house and we're doing it, it's not going to work. You know, same thing with diet, same thing with exercise, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Social makes a huge factor. Um, and I, and like but I'll you tell said, you the results. You know, we have the results. It's very interesting. Of the people, of the when you go through 10 people to go on the program, of the one person who agrees to do it, 70% of those people lost significant weight and kept it off. But if you oh, look I believe at, it. But that's a, such a small number. That's you know one. That's ten percent of of the people that he sent. But probably three times that many needed to. Just but he didn't get around to talking to him. Absolutely, it's an epidemic. And I, and I notice in my practice too, because I obviously also do obesity medicine. For every ten people, I would say one, maybe two, really want to lose weight. I talk. I talk to all of them. Like, hey, you know, you need to lose weight. How are you doing on the weight loss? How are you doing on the smoking? Whatever. Um, a lot of them will be like, yeah, doc, you know, I've cut back and whatever. But some of them are like, hey, doc, I really want to lose weight. You know, help me out here. What can we do? Yeah, something well, keeps beeping. Yeah, I'm going to turn this up. I'm sorry. It's my computer. Let me turn it off. But the uh, but now these medicines come along. And I'm sure this is what you want to talk about. But they're like magic. 
I mean, honestly, they're like magic. I mean, they're the closest thing to magic that we've had. I mean, I think the medicines, uh, you know, I've been doing this, what, 40 years? I think this, these are revolutionary medicines. It's, I, a, it's I mean, life, life-altering without question. I had a guy drop 80 pounds in two months. Can you imagine that? 80 pounds yeah. in two months. Now, not well, everyone can do that because he was, then, like over, he was over 400. Okay. But still, it's just mind-blowing. But then the question, of course, as we'll get into is how much of that's muscle? You know, and, and you but know, that, but again, yeah, that, that's important. But but uh, but also when you lose weight any anyway, like right. even gastric bypass, you're going to lose 20 to 30 percent muscle, depending on how fast you lose it. The faster you lose weight, the faster, you know, the more muscle you lose. If you lose weight slowly and gradually, you're less likely to lose lean body mass. But it's not just muscle. It's lean body mass. So it's like organ size, water, glycogen stores, you know, food in your Everything. intestines, even everything that's not unquote fat it's actually fat free mass that you're losing you know it's not it's the word lean body mass or muscle isn't accurate you're losing fat free mass anything that's not fat right. so even even bone mineral density if you lose that if you if you're not eating enough and you're crashing your weight you can even lose some of that um, well on the other but, hand though how many people that's the problem is obesity i was thinking the other day can you name a specialty where obesity doesn't make it worse I can't. None. No, not anything. Nothing. Not, right. So nothing. Yeah, every, every disease state. Absolutely. So what happened to me then is I got to the point where it's like, all right, I want to do something. So I went to the doc and I said, look, let's give it a shot. My hemoglobin A1C was finally going up a little bit. And I said, OK, now that I'm pre-diabetes, it's time to take it seriously. And I started on um, terzepatide and um it's just like magic. So I started in June and I'm down 40 pounds. Started at 190. Since, since June. So 193 is what I started. I'm one, 194 and 154, 40, 40 pounds. I haven't wow. weighed this. I haven't been this weight since I was in college. Yeah. Since you're probably like 14 or 15 even. Yeah. No, it was a little heavier, but you yeah. know, so, the, but you know, it's interesting because it's not just, you know, the medicines have some negative, you know, they, make your uh, bowels don't work as well and you delay in gastric emptying. But I think the biggest effect is on your brain. I, I really think. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Like I've been doing obesity medicine for a long time. We've had a lot of medications. Well, Butrin would knock out the reward center in your brain, which would make it so you don't feel good from eating. So it kind of knocks out those, those dopamine and, you know, you know, almost like morphine hits. Um, it made it so, people would quit smoking and or eating. It wasn't that strong of an effect, but it was. We had fentramine and diethylpropion. Those medications would increase your metabolism a little, knock out your appetite. We had things like topamate and metformin. Yeah, dopamax. <laughs> Top- dopamax. Gives you these little weird headaches sometimes. I mean, yeah. it is a migraine slash headache medicine too. But it would not. It would reduce some of those kind of cravings, make you not eat. Now, Trexone, we've tried. We had Belvic for a while, which got taken off the market. Bayetta was the first medication. It was a diabetes medication, the original kind of Ozempic, which interestingly enough, people don't know this, but they came from the venom of a lizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they come from the Gila monster in Arizona, um, down by you guys. Uh, but that was when it was first invented. The guy, the guy discovered this like in the 1980s, but nobody would uh, like take him seriously finally i think in like 94 or something one of the pharmaceuticals called amelin started testing it and figured out hey we could probably use this and by 2005 bietta became public you know they go through like 10 years of you know testing 
Um, and it started working. And like you said, it delays gastric emptying. It does all of that. And the metformin we've used too, you know. Metformin. I tried that. For, you know, I tried that first, you know. Yeah. Didn't do squat. Yeah. A lot of people know no weight loss whatsoever. But the theory is, and the way it kind of works is you poop out extra calories, you yeah. know, the sugar that you don't absorb. Yeah. It works many other ways, but that's one of the ways. Finally, when we got these newer, you know, xenotide, which was Bieta, um, you know, obviously terzepatide and semaglutide and liraglutide, Saxenda, liraglutide was the first dose. It's, it's Victoza, the diabetes medicine, but at a higher dose, it was marketed as Saxenda. That caused a significant amount of weight loss. And it was like in the 15 to 20% range. Now we're getting like gastric bypass. Most people lose like 30% of their body weight, maybe a little more. We're hitting that. Like when you, like what I've been doing with people, when you put them on multiple medications all at once, they just like melt fat off like magic. Sort of like you said, it's like, just like magic. I had a guy lose. So I'll tell you a story. You'll laugh at this. I had a guy, they sent him to me for cardiac clearance, right? I'm the cardiologist. I'm out, mm-hmm. in, the, out in the boonies. They're like, hey, we need cardiac clearance. This guy was 476 pounds, right? What do, they want to, what do they want to do? 500 pound guy. Yeah, three, there's 400. Yeah, basically almost 500. What are they, they going to operate on? They can get. This is the point. So listen. Not a knee so operation, they, I hope, right? No, they send them to me. They want to do gastric bypass. No, no they sent them to me for a gastric bypass. They sent them for cardiac clearance for gastric bypass. I'm sorry, I probably should have said that. Yeah. And he comes to me and I ask him, you know, like we always do. He's 30 years old. I'm like, you know, so when yeah. is the surgery going to be? So I know like what testing I might need to do. Does he need an echo, uh, stress, whatever? Mm-hmm. Probably don't need a whole lot in a 30-year-old. But he said, oh, it's not going to be for a few years. So I was a little bit stunned. I was like, wait, what? Usually it's like a month, a couple of weeks. Although know? they have to get into a certain weight. That I don't think exactly. they operate that way. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. He said, well, it's going to take me two or three years to get under 400. Right. He's like, they won't, they won't do the surgery unless I'm under 400. So I started laughing. I was like, oh, I got you. So I put him on. And so, so I put him on Ozempic and Fentramine and Metformin. I think that combination even the lowest dose of Ozempic, the guy drops 176, maybe 200 pounds in like four or five months. He's down to 328 or 326, maybe. He comes back and he's, uh, he, he comes back and I'm like, okay, good. You're under 400 now. I'll clear you for surgery. No big deal. We had already got yeah, so it. He doesn't want it now. now he's he not doesn't want do it. it. He's like, right. well, can yeah. I just, can I just keep doing this? Yeah, it's of course like, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and you know, the new one, We'll get into some of this. I really hope we can talk about the compounding because that's been a real source. Uh, you know, my well, go ahead. Why don't we kick it off? Go for yeah, it. Yeah. Well, but you know, so so getting right to that. I mean, before all this started, we were working with uh, some of these bariatric companies. They wanted to use these meal replacements before surgery because they have to show that the patients can follow a diet. So. The idea was they wanted to do a meal replacement for a month, and then they get well. Then these drugs came out. It was in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the number of gastric bypasses has gone down so much. The company that sells the robots are seeing a reduction in sale. You know, they use robots to do the operation of the Vinci's. So, yeah, I mean, and now the new the new one, re, 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 how do you say it? Uh, R-E-T-R-E-T-U-I-D. It doesn't even have a name yet. They're looking at 30% weight loss. And that one is like a triple agonist. They're GLP-1. The Manjaro GLP-1 plus GIP, and then this one is also a glucagon. glucagon which is not good because, as you know, glucagon, yeah. for people need to know, is a cardiac stimulant. But so 
anyway, so my point was like, I got on these meds and it was just like amazing because next thing you know, you're just not hungry. Tell me, tell me about that as a person who's actually gone through it. What do you actually feel? Or know? I mean, I know what my patients tell me, but, you know, coming from a doctor and a physician, cardiologist, what did you actually notice that was different? Immediately, you have, um, you're just not hungry. You have to remind yourself to eat. It, it's kind of crazy. You probably have to remind yourself to stay hydrated because Drink you just have no people. You just wake up and you're not hungry and there's no cravings. And uh, the negatives are the, you sometimes you feel like you're full. Mm-hmm. And then if you, when you're not, and then if you go out to eat, you find that you can only eat a very small portion. And yeah, you uh, take like a couple of bites and you're full. Right. And so you get, That's you what get they a little reflux and you got to be very careful. Uh, I found out that you get a little nausea because of the reflux. So the thinking is, well, hey, I pop a little Zofran. Can't do that because the, these meds cause constipation. Zofran causes constipation. The two together, uh, some people have bowel obstruction. So if you're on these meds and you get nausea, don't be there. I would not take Zofran with it at this point. Um, but from my standpoint, the most dramatic thing is there's no hunger. There's no craving. And on these other diets, yeah, you're losing weight. You're not hungry, but you still want to eat. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm expressing it right. The difference or you, is- Or you actually are hungry. I mean, a lot of diets, I mean, the way diets work is you eat less than you need. So you're going to be hungry. Your body's going to be like, hey, go eat. You know, right. So even though even if you do keto, even if you do an all meat diet, all protein diet, which protein is very satiating, obviously. But no matter what you do, if you're losing weight and you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to be somewhat hungry. Now, you could decide. Yeah, you could decide how hungry you want to be by how much of a calorie deficit you're in. But with these medications, like you said, that hunger completely knocked out. It's um, very that, weird because I'm at the point I don't want to lose any more weight. So my family, you know, and yeah. the other thing is my family saying you look like the crib keeper, you know, you're bony, you got wrinkly, you have cancer. Yeah. Like they're like Dr. Allo, yeah. like do you have cancer? Yeah. You sure you don't have cancer? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, they start well, that's right. Out. And and the, the, you could actually keep losing. So I'm at the stage now where even just this week, instead of taking it uh, every seven days, I, I waited a couple more because I'm thinking, you know, I got to, I don't want to lose anymore. So yeah. from my standpoint, what's dramatic about it is you have you don't want to you have to force yourself to eat. Otherwise, you could basically get up all day, eat nothing. And just yeah. starve and not. It's, it's, that's and, not and, a good no, thing. and definitely the hydration thing you said is a huge deal because you're not and getting not fiber. Having, right. You're not getting fiber. You're not getting water. You're going to be full of maybe stool or you're not going to have good bowel movements. And you'd say it could be tricky. could be tricky. You got to balance all that stuff, you know. Definitely yes. a huge problem. So that's there. why I have the Metamucil gummies and drink a lot of water. But one of the things that so, so what I would tell people is, you know, and, and I think we used to tell people, pat them on the back, eat less, walk more. And they would come back and they never would do anything. And now you and with that recent study showing, I mean, immediately it was a 20 percent reduction, you know, on people on semiglutide, but it was only a one point five percent absolute. But how many people are obese is going to save how many heart attacks? The thing that I'm worried about with these medications is everyone sees how effective they are, but they're not available for a lot of people. So they've gone to the compounding world. And I've researched this and I've done a lot of TikToks about it. And you get a lot of blowback. It, what's happening is the compounding, they go, oh, my compounding pharmacy is making it. What's happening is your local pharmacy that can make that's a compounding pharmacy, is getting the active protein somewhere. They're not making it. It's coming either from a research institution, 
China, India, we don't know, then the local pharmacy is adding B12 or something to it and putting it in a bottle. And so no one knows what you're getting. And the, call, the, the poison control people have had just a gigantic increase in calls because also some of them come as a, a bottle and you got to draw it up and they drop the wrong thing. Or sometimes what's in the bottle is not even the right thing. It's uh, insulin. And I wrote a letter to the FDA and I said, look, I'm a doc and I want my family on these meds, but it's a thousand bucks a month. Uh, but if I look on a compounding thing, it's 180 bucks. What do I do? They said, nah, they said, this is, there's no such thing as generic. There's no generic drug approved in the United States. And they say, we're aware of this and we're going after them. And they've gone after a lot of these places. And as soon as they close down, they open up again. And a lot of people will write in and get very mad and say, well, I've taken it and I've lost weight. Yeah. That's not to say what you're getting is not active, but it is not the stuff that you get at CVS. It's similar, but it's not the same. And it's going into your brain. So do you really want to take something by a shot that you don't know who's making it? And again, it's not the compound pharmacy, the actual protein. No one, a lot of what I understand, there's a guy on TikTok, man on Majaro. He says it's coming a lot of it from these factories that make it for research. And they write on it, not for human use, research purposes only. And they think that's how they're getting out of liability. And it's a, it's not, it's a salt. It's, it has a salt component, but unfortunately that wasn't studied. If they study it and it's actually. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a, there's a big black market for a lot of things. I mean, even like all the anabolic steroids and whatnot, you know, people can buy those off the street or the internet or what have you. And you you don't actually know what you're getting, you know, and and you don't know if the dose is right. Like you said, what if you overdose on something else? Life-threatening, you know? Oh, they have, that's even worse. That's no, that's what's going on, and that's why the poison control center. So I, I know people want. I mean, and again, I started off by saying these drugs are like magic, and the people who need it can't get it. I'll give you an example. My son, he got approval from Aetna for Wagovi. You know, Wagovi is the Ozempic for weight loss, mm-hmm. but there is no Wagovi, and so Aetna said, "Well, we'll send it to you when we have it." So he goes to the pharmacy, and there's Ozempic on the shelf. So he calls that and says, "Look, it's right there." It's the same drug. It just has a different name. No, you can't have it. You got to get Wagovi. Well, where's Wagovi? We'll put you on a wait list. That doesn't do you any good. So um, these people are desperate. uh, A huge thing. I mean, they're 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 studying Ozempic in a pill form. It comes as ribelsis. Ribelsis is semaglutide in a pill form, except the doses are tiny. They're like three, seven, fourteen. It doesn't really work because it's a peptide. By the time it hits your stomach, it's destroyed. Um, one of the other weight loss doctors I was talking to on here said they're studying a 50 milligram dose or maybe 40, some huge dose where you would take a big whopping dose so that enough of it gets absorbed as a pill. Um, and then that causes the same effects. But the difference he said is, um, because it's a pill, it's going to be a lot cheaper. You know, you don't have to have a pen. You don't have to have an injector. You don't need needles. But how do you know what you're going to get? I mean, think about the variation and absorption. From person to person. But that's why they're doing it as a higher dose. Well, it's the same thing with under, you know, subcutaneous injections, right? Yeah. Um, well, for the, me, I'm, I've lost all the weight on five milligrams. Yeah. Oh, so even uh, 0.5, you mean? Uh, no, of, I'm sorry. Of, uh, oh, Manjaro. Oh, gotcha. Exactly. The lowest dose. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah, I, okay. I, I think so. The way I'm thinking back. So now the other, well, two things on TikTok, you know, my 
because I'm not seeing patients, but I see them on TikTok, so to speak. I hear people write in. Not only do they stop eating, they stop drinking, they stop biting their nails, they stop gambling, shopping, shopping. But what happens when you stop it? Oh, that that I think we need to know. I think that's yet to be answered. I know some people that have come off these meds seem to do fine because one of my patients, a lot of my patients, not just one, but this lady was even just on Phentermine. She's like, I, she lost like 30 pounds or something. She's like, I now realize how much I was eating that I didn't need to eat. I'm now more aware. She's like, I know before, you know, like before I would sit with her, we download my fitness pal and she would track calories and we would make sure she's under her couch, but she didn't realize how much you'd like, Oh, there's a handful of nuts on the counter. I'm just going to grab some. Oh, there's a handful of this. I'm just going to eat one. Oh, there's a cookie here. She just made them, you know, my niece. Okay, I'm going to eat one. She wouldn't track all that stuff. But all that food noise and the cravings and like the eating out of boredom, she's like, that's all gone. Even on just fentermine. The Ozempic people say similar things. But she said, I didn't realize how much I was actually eating till I was on the medicine. She's like, oh my God. She's like, I would just snack. I would eat out of boredom. And she's like, I'm not even hungry. I'm just sitting down with my family and eating for no reason. So a lot of that, uh, I think is coming from that. And like you said, the other weird cravings are going away, shopping, biting your nails. Someone wrote, it takes all the joy out of life. That's one of the persons wrote in. They said, anything you like to do, you will not want to do it anymore. That's that is so bizarre. Um, but it kind of makes sense because Wellbutrin did that and now Trexone to a certain extent, um, when we use those for weight loss, well, Buter knocks out your reward center. So you don't feel rewarded for eating, smoking, you know, what have you. Yeah. Um, and, and now Trexone sort of has that effect. We've tried now, now Trexone slash um, uh, Fentramine, Casimia. I mean, we've tried like all kinds of contraves, you know, different combinations. They would all reduce body weight from five to maybe 12, 15%. If you got lucky, Belvik was like 15%. Saxenda was magical as 15%. We were like, oh my God, this is like the most amazing thing ever. That was lyroglutide. Um, the Victoza higher But dose. what's changed, I guess my understanding is what's changed with these drugs is they attach them to a protein that limits the metabolism. And what's changed so they is hang, they hang around longer. And, but, yeah, and that's resulted in the blood brain barrier stuff, right? I mean, they get, that's that, what's different that about would, That would make sense because I know Sexenda was like a once a day injection. Bietta was also once or twice a day injection. They were super short acting, like you said. Um, Bietta, I remember I was working with an endocrinologist um, during residency or maybe fellowship where when Bietta had just came out, it was out for like a year, a couple of years maybe. And uh, he had, no, it had just come out, I think. No, you know, I had graduated. Well, I don't remember. It was literally, it had been out a little bit. And um, he, he had said that a lot of people are getting this weird nausea feeling on it and that's why they're not eating. And that's why they're losing weight. I said, people are criticizing the medicine saying that the only reason people are losing weight is because they're always nauseous. He said, no, no, no. Yeah, no. The people that are nauseated are only 14%. The percentage of people that are actually losing weight on this medicine is almost 80%. He's like, it's not the nausea. They're reporting you know, nausea was only 14% of the people that got it. 80% of people were losing weight though. I mean, not like always 15% body weight, but but 80% were losing weight. Only 14-ish percent were actually getting the nausea. So absolutely, I think it has some major effects on the brain. I don't think it has anything to do with metabolism or any of that. It just shuts off something. Although, no, actually, I don't know. I'll tell you, it's a control study of one. So one of my uh, physicians is a nurse practitioner, and she's a bodybuilder. And she's five foot nothing, solid muscle. 
and she had to lose seven pounds to uh, get into shape. And so she started for competition or something. Yeah, for competition. Yeah. yeah. And she swears that she uh, watched every morsel of food that went in. So she was convinced it was a, me- a metabolic effect that it increased metabolic fat burning. That, that makes right sense. Yeah, because she said it was exactly the same. The weight came down. I mean, I, I, so here's my thinking, because everyone writes in and I, my family just went on it. And one of the fears was, do I have to be on this for the rest of my life? And as you and I know, medicine's changed so rapidly. I'll, I look at medicine two, three year intervals. If someone says, well, I have this disease and I look up something, I say, your goal is just stick around enough. Because in two years, medicine changes. You can't even look what happened five years ago because it's all new. I mean, these drugs are all new. So I don't know. My thinking is for this, like, like you said at the beginning, you got your body gets used to it. So if I could stay this way for a year at this weight, then I'm going to try to say, okay, maybe for the next three months, instead of once a week, I do it every eight days. Then I give it and I just watch, make sure I don't go up. Then because it's an easy metric, right? You watch your weight. Then maybe go another three months and go out every nine days, you know, and then slowly taper it over six to 12 months. Because anytime you change, and my experience has been I was on Cymbalta for pain, which I didn't think was necessarily helping until I had to stop it because I ended up getting a bizarre side effect. And I weaned it slowly. At least they thought it was being weaned slowly. And I think what happens is your brain, my mech, my, I'm thinking it's maybe totally wrong. It goes to your brain and you're pushing the button that says, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. And your body's saying, eat, eat, eat. So the brain knows the don't eat button's being pushed. So it starts listening less to the don't eat button. But as long as the medicine there's pushing on it, the don't eat's winning. Well, when you lose the medicine, you have less responsiveness to the don't eat forces and more responsiveness to the eat forces. And that's why you rebound. And so I think the slower you come off, the greater chance you could lock in the effect. I mean, long way of saying wean yourself extremely slowly, I think. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be even longer acting ones because Bietta, when it first came out, was a very once a day, super short acting medicine. Now it's there's this longer acting version of it and it's once a week, you know, and I think maybe as time goes on, there'll be like a once a month injection. Or- well, so the, but the question really is, do you think you have to be on it for the rest of your life? That's the question. You know, I, that, I, I don't think so. Maybe I don't, less. Yeah, I don't, or maybe I come I down and I go to two and a half. I, yeah. I think, the, I think you can, I think you could get on lower doses over time, but I don't think you I've just seen that. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen where, where where somebody was on like the full dose, got all the weight off, lost the 50, 60 pounds, got to their goal weight, and then just dropped the dose, like you said, to the bare minimum, 2.5, for example, Manjaro, 0.25 for uh, Ozempic, and just stick with that and see what happens. It still gets rid of like that weird food noise. Maybe the metabolism increase, if it has that effect, is not as high or you yeah. know, what have you, but it's just enough to kind of keep you at maintenance, I would think. I mean... I know with like certain other medications in the past, like fentramine and whatnot, if you stop the medicine, they definitely gain the weight back. Um, but with these, I feel like some patients, now that they know how to eat and they realize how much they were eating, I, I feel like some of them, because of that education process, the medicine teaches you almost. And that's where there's a problem because there really isn't a lot of education. You just go home and stop eating. And if you don't kind of 
get a better approach to it because you're not eating, then, you know, because one of the problems on the medicines is you can eat pretty poorly and still keep the yeah, weight off. absolutely. Well, you could. You could eat, you know, one donut Don't a day. Yeah, that's about <laughs> but I mean, right. That's how, but that's how it is in life anyways. I mean, you know, if you control calories, regardless if it's a chocolate chip cookie or whatever, if you're eating 800 calories a day, you're going to lose weight. Um, what do you think about the the select trial that showed that there's a 20% reduction in MACE? Um, and for those who don't know, that stands for major adverse cardiac events. There's a 20% reduction in strokes, heart attacks, peripheral artery disease, you know, and, and but cardiovascular think, complications. And I think let's we ought to explain it to the people. This is the trickery of statistics. What is the thing? There are damn lies, lies, and then the statistics where that quote was. But twenty when you think of 20%. I think something was a dollar and now it's 80 cents, right? That's what I think about a 20% reduction or it was $10 and now it's $8. In medicine, when we say it's a 20% reduction, we said that it was someone, you had a 5% risk of death. Now you got a 4% risk of death. And that's about what this was. This was right. 20%. But in reality, if you treated 100 people, you prevented one and a half heart attacks. That is a lot of people because so many people are obese. But Plus, for, if you it, multiply it out to the 9 billion people on Earth, you're right. yeah, yeah. millions so, of lives. But on an individual level, you're talking at one. But 20% is but, you know, I mean, but I, the other thing, But the other thing with these relative versus absolute risk reductions, the problem is these trials are not carried out on a long enough time horizon. You know, if you, if you have the area under the curve, you can't, you can't do this trial for, for 80 years. Yeah, and, death is a hard, and death is a hard end right. point. Heart attack yes. is a bad end point. Yeah. You know, like, like these trials, like even the, the statin trials, you know, you, you put like the Rosuva statin trials, you, you stop it early at 13 months. If you would have carried that out to 60 years, you know, whatever, you, there's going to be a, the, the absolute risk is going to skyrocket compared to the relative. So, you know, that part is absolutely true. You get a 5.8% reduction down to a 4.6 or whatever it was. Um, still about a 20% reduction is still good. Carried out on a no, I think, horizon. Well, we know it's that. It's fascinating. Right? We've been telling people for years because what happens? The central adiposity, adiposity causes inflammation and inflammation causes all. Look, there's a great book, The Case Against Sugar. And if you read the book, it's by Gary Tobbs. I actually got to speak to him about uh, some of this stuff a couple of years ago. Every major Western disease is linked to processed sugar. I mean, we did not have diabetes in the early, in the late 1800s. Didn't exist. Uh, there was no cancer in Africa. Cancer did not exist in Africa until the Western diet came. The worst example are the poor Indians, the Pima Indians in right, Arizona. They were minding their own business and then World War II came and they said, we need your help. And to reward you, we'll make you all blind and dead. And we'll give you all this horrible food and, it, and they went from their really good low carb diet to this horrible diet. And within one generation, they had heart attack, strokes, kidney failure, amputation. So we know that we're killing ourselves with our diet. And until now, we haven't had a way to do anything about it other than. Yeah, I mean, the, the environment, I don't, the environment is very obesogenic. Absolutely. I don't disagree with that at all. But I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm asking is. Well, th this is a question that everyone's asking. Is the reduction in MACE events due to the weight loss alone? Because obviously, if you lose weight, you're, you're going to reduce cardiovascular events. Or do you think there's something specific to these medications? Because I know they didn't risk, they didn't stratify the results by, let's see, you know, we put people on Ozempic or Manjaro. 
of the people that did not lose weight, did they also have a reduction in MACE events, for example? Or was it just the group that lost weight? Because the groups that, the people that lost weight on this medicine in this trial, it was only a 9% total body weight loss. It wasn't the 15, 20, you know, 25% that we had seen in the original trials, because those people had like counseling and nutritionists and, you know, people obsessing that, you know, following them every five minutes, telling them how to eat and what not to eat. But when you leave people alone, you say, here's some Ozempic. I see you in a few in a year or two or whatever. They had a reduction. They only lost nine percent body weight without the counseling, without the dietitians. But does a nine percent loss of body weight equal a twenty percent reduction in mace? What about the people that were on it but didn't lose any weight? Did they also have a twenty percent reduction in mace? Well, you I know, if they, I hope that's the case. You know why? Because then they'll have to pay for it. See, right yes, now they're exactly. looking for it'll be in the guidelines. Yeah, I mean, if you could prove that the medicines independent of weight loss reduce your risk yes. of heart attack and stroke, then they'll, that's it. Because right now, like, we're like not have enough of these medicines. Right now, they can't make I mean, these companies are not stupid. They'll make it. They'll ramp up production. But what the problem with the insurance world is they don't. They're not into long term health anymore. They're into money management. They take an employer's money, and their goal is to spend as least of it as they can for that one year. And when we talked to some of these companies when we were doing the partial meal replacements, they said the problem is, yeah, we know if we get the weight off, this patient will be healthier. But on average, the patients change health insurers every 18 months through their employers. So if you're Aetna, do you really want to invest in a lifestyle change of, a, of a, an insured knowing that 18 months that guy's going to be with United? You know what I mean? So. There's not a lot of incentive the way the healthcare system is structured for them to do prevention to prevent something in the future. What they no, want I to talk, do, yeah. I'm sorry. I talk about this all the time. The way the incentive structure is set up, not only for the health insurance, but the patients even. Like, you know, a lot of patients feel like I pay $1,500 a month. I've already paid for this. I don't need to lose weight. I don't need to stop smoking. I don't need to eat healthier. The incentive structure, I'm not trying to blame patients, but the incentive structure from the health insurances, the hospitals, the government, all that stuff makes it so that people have zero incentive to try and get healthier. What if we said, if you don't quit smoking, we're not going to take care of you, right? Or, or we're going to charge you more, you know, like something like that, where the incentive structure is exactly. you quit smoking, you'll get healthier and you save money and all what have you, you you get paid, you know, more per month or something. I don't know. But the, problem, the only challenge I have with that from sort of an ethical standpoint is that you're basically saying you're punishing the people that don't have enough money. You know, the people that will do that are the ones that can't afford not to, you know, if it's, it's a financial thing. I, it's so hard to not smoke. It's so hard not to eat. I mean, it's a true. Addiction. Absolutely. Those are the two and, hardest things to stop. And now, but what's crazy is now, now, not everyone can tolerate the medicines and there's going to be you give medicines to, you know, 200 million people, wherever it is, you're, you're going to have some nasty complications. But uh, so far, I don't. Have you seen anyone in the ER dying of this stuff? Has, have you even heard of anyone coming? No. Out? <laughs> Today, it's, uh, a couple of days ago, I had a patient say to me, I was like, hey, he's like 400 pounds. And I was like, hey, have you do you want to lose weight? You know, he's like, yeah, I'm trying. Like, what have you tried? You know, whatever the usual rigmarole. And then I said, well, do you want to try one of these new weight loss medications? You know, they, they work really, really well. He said, well, I've been reading a lot about them. They have a lot of side effects. So I said, well, being 400 pounds also has a lot of side effects. I mean, 
So well, that's what, that's what, and that's what I've told some of my family members. I said, you know, I said people die every day of obesity. To my knowledge, no one's dying of the drugs. Now, there are people that have bowel obstruction, you know, with, there are, it, you don't want to say these are benign. They're not. I mean, they're serious medications. But, um, so I don't know what the future is. I, I do like, well, I hate to say this, given, that, and we don't know the future yet. We don't know. And I don't want to blast bariatric surgery, but if you were looking down the barrel of surgery, and you had a drug that could give you the equivalent weight loss that was a shot once a week, you know? Absolutely. But I think a lot of the weight loss surgeons are starting to get into the medical weight management. I know some of the guys around here are like, hey, we'll try the shots first and see what happens, you know? So, but I think they also might not understand it well enough, to, but I think they, they can learn. I mean, it's not, it, it can't be that hard. You'll know in five years, we'll know. In five years, if all of a sudden, you find out that there's, there's some side effect that after three years of using it, something bad is happening. Or let's say we find out that metabolically you could be on these drugs for three years and then your brain just says no more. I'm not listening to it. And you yeah. break through. Not that it's going to happen, but if something happened, then OK. But so far, there doesn't appear to be anyone breaking through. No. And I, and I think once more of them turn generic. Like, I mean, I've seen people lose weight even on just Trulicity, you know? I mean, all of these, that whole class of medications, people lose weight. And I don't think we knew how much or, you know, how, I think the weight loss is more potent, obviously, with Ozempic and uh, Monjaro. And obviously, this new one that starts with the R. I don't remember the name of it. But do you think that's going to be safe with the glucagon? You, well, that, get I mean, well, it's, still, it's still in the last few uh, phases. We'll find out. I mean, a do you lot know what of people did? Do you know what they yeah. did? Believe it or not, that paper came out and in the paper, they published the chemical structure. So some company overseas made it and people are now taking it. It's not available. It's not being produced. It was a research trial and there are people injecting it in themselves. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, these are designer drugs now. There's only there are companies, I'm sure, manufacturers in India and China, since they make medications anyways, you can hand them a script of, hey, I want this and I'm sure they can make it for you. might be expensive, I guess, but so, so where do you see the, the future of this? Cause if this, it, like, like in glycerin, for example, right. The PCSK9, it's a twice a year injection. They are working yeah. on once a once a year injection or every 18 months injection. And with this new, like CRISPR technology, they're looking at maybe once in a lifetime injection that can cut your LDL in half. It's almost like a vaccine for heart disease. Do you think it's, we'll ever get to the point where they create one of these that's like a once in a lifetime injection that kind of vaccinates you against obesity, maybe? I don't know. I, I, I'm not smart enough to figure that one out, but I worry about, you know, when you talk about something that works by altering your reward center in your brain, I don't know that I would want something that lasts a lifetime. Yeah. You know, I, I, you just don't know. You just don't know what that. Yeah, well, I don't know that. I don't know that these alter the reward center in your brain. I know that, um, well, Butrin definitely did. It seems to, at least from people that, uh, at least, uh, I don't know, hundreds of people, I would say, uh, I've read comments, probably a hundred comments. And, oh, I've, you know, I've you, read those you too. Say, you say, you know, I, I don't buy my nails anymore. I, you know, all these habits, I don't gamble anymore. Oh, a lot of women, I don't know why the men don't write it. Maybe they're embarrassed. A lot of the women wrote in, they don't have desires for sex either. It's funny, mm-hmm. mostly women wrote that. I'm sure the men do too. They just don't want to write men, it. I'm sure, similar. Yeah, so yeah, you're like they're not going to come out and say it. <laughs> right, they're not going to say it. But so you have everyone, one guy said, he said, everything you enjoy in life, you stop. So do you really want something that lasts forever? Yeah, I, that's probably true. 
you know, I do. It's interesting, you know, with the with the you know, I take Rapatha. I've been on Rapatha about ten years, and yeah. big believer. Uh, my cholesterol, oh, my LDL has been in sixty for a decade. I mean, you can't beat that, right? And that's even when my right. weight was up. So I'm a big believer in this stuff, you know, with all the bad press with RNA. I don't know if you'll get the public to um, to do it. But I, I what I hope is that these drugs will be more available. And I, I hope think, so, too. I think once something's added to the guidelines, it becomes cheaper and more available. More companies will start making it. They'll open up more factories. Like once they say this is a 1B recommendation or a 1A recommendation for obesity with hypertension or obesity with whatever history of heart disease, non-STEMI, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. Once something's at the guidelines, the, the price comes down precipitously, or at least insurances are more likely to pay for it. Maybe it still costs a lot, but they're like, oh, yeah, we have to pay for this now. It's a guideline. You know, you, you notice that all the time, too. And you know so, what I really like about it? So, uh, someone I know is like 280 and, you know, just young person begging him, come on, just you got to stop. Gotta stop. And I finally said, okay, I just, you know, you can't nag people. You can't nag him to lose weight. Well, I got on the meds and now it's 250, 245 and the whole attitude changed, whole approach to life has changed, they're happy. They see a future, they're feeling better and they think, wow, I could do this. Whereas before it seemed hopeless. Yeah, um, I think hope for sure. I had this one lady, oh my, she was like 320 pounds. You could tell she was unhappy. I met her because she had AFib, right? They consulted me for AFib. Uh, and I was like, you know, what are you doing for weight loss? She starts crying. And I'm like, oh, geez, what, what did I just do? I was like, I'm sorry. You know, we don't have to talk about it. She's like, no, you're the first doctor that's ever said the word weight loss to me. I'm over 300 pounds. Just look at me. No one even says anything. I'm so happy you brought it up. I was like, oh, okay, well, good. So like, so what have you done? She's like, well, no, I've never done anything. I, so we tried for five or six months tracking calories. We tried. She started trying to walk. Well, you know, at 350 pounds, there's not a whole lot of walking or exercise you yeah. can do. So. Ultimately, I'm like, listen, you know, we got medications for this. If you want to try, she's like, yeah, well, my doctors won't put me on them because I have AFib. I was like, but I'm the cardiologist. You know, that's yeah, you feel, you're better on the way comes um, too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your pulmonary pressures, your atrial enlargement, all that stuff improved. Like, listen, I got the AFib. That's my job. <laughs> let me, let me put you. I put her on fentermine and lost. 20, 30 pounds right off the bat. Later on, started losing a little slower. We added Ozempic and I think metformin maybe. I don't, and I don't, I don't even think we had her on like a really high dose of Ozempic and boom, she's down to like 200 pounds and like, like, like low 200, 210, maybe 212. It's probably unrecognizable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, I would, you would never know. She's wearing like a suit coat and a dress, mm -hmm. you know, outfit and she's like misconfidence going out and walks, walks every day now because she couldn't before. She's just out enjoying life. Like absolutely the, the whole attitude and confidence completely like a brand new, uh, different person. So a lot of that, I think obviously is you've lost a ton of weight and you look different feel different, can do more. So that brings out like a whole new person and attitude, I think in a lot of people, which is amazing to watch. Well, I think what you're going to see is you, every disease you're going to see less heart disease, less safe, less sleep apnea, less strokes, you're going to see less cancer, less rheumatoid arthritis, less. I mean, it's going to change. Arthritis, knee replacement, it's going to change medicine. Hospitals, I, are, hospitals are going to lose money because 
Uh, there's always, I don't, issues. I mean, people say that people say, well, you guys don't want people to get healthy because you would have no jobs. That's not true. <laughs> oh, we, don't, of, but- we have plenty of cardiology to go around. I mean, and hospitals are going to have plenty of other illnesses and sickness. Like, I don't think no one's out here saying we don't want people to lose weight and we just want to keep them sick and healthy. That's insane. Oh, no, 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 that's not the reason. The reason they don't want to do it is because they don't, I mean, if you told Edna, here's the deal. If, if Aetna or United, if anyone with a commercial insurance was tied to that company for five more years, mandated you couldn't switch for five years, these drugs would be paid for tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Tomorrow. That would, that would and, then, and then a lot of people that are advocating for a one payer, you know, government system use those kind of examples that, hey, if the government's job is to save money on health care, they would not keep allowing people to smoke and drink and eat and this and that. They would have some very different regulations and guidelines. But overnight. there's no pre-author, you know, but Medicare has no pre-authorization for the meds. For, for most things, yeah, it just depends. But for these meds, they don't, I don't think. You have to, you have to say they're diabetic for, for the non, for the diabetic doses, not the weight loss doses. I'm not. I'm not, I mean, it depends. If you're not in a Medicare Advantage plan, I think if you have regular Medicare, I think your doctor can just write it. There's never a pre no, Well, maybe that, maybe that is true then. I don't, I, I've never, I've never had them rejected. I think once they, two people have been rejected. I just switched them to Bayetta or Bidurion, whatever it's called now. And they were fine with it. Or even you can mm-hmm. switch them to Victoza or Trulicity. Oh, they'll, they'll approve one of them. I mean, and, and, and the, you know, the patients that see us are already diabetic, insulin resistant, obese, hypertension. They have every risk factor. These are not cosmetic. Like a lot of people are like, well, you know, people are taking those epic for cosmetic. Not my, not my patients. No, no, no. The no, patients well, that see me have real disease. You see Jimmy Kimmel had a whole thing. He did this thing. Oh, he made fun of the commercial. He said, everyone looks, oh, epic good. Because all the movie stars were doing it. But they weren't. They were doing it for like a 20-pound weight loss or 10-pound weight loss. Yeah, and that's, that's not. What this is for, but maybe down the road, if it's more available and it's readily available, you know, maybe it's like the new, I don't know, liposuction or something. I, don't know. I wouldn't do it. Would you, I wouldn't take it for time. I wouldn't say people should do it. Absolutely yeah. not. You know, I, yeah. but I think maybe we're heading in that direction where like mm-hmm. plastic surgery, cosmetic people are like, hey, we bought a ton of Ozempic. We'll give you some shave off those last five, 10 pounds or what have you. What was the study for AFib? Was they took, they took a patient with AFib. And they looked at with weight loss and the reduction in AFib with weight loss was almost as good as with some of the ablations or something like that. It, it, it was actually, I don't know that the ablations are that good. Uh, the, the EP guys don't like to talk about this, but there was a study, I think, looking at AFib control with weight loss. And it was quite, quite good. The problem is until, until no, we had these medicines, it wasn't you know sustained. It wasn't easy to do. And I'm telling you, like, I don't understand. One of the patients was telling me, I mean, she was crying, you know, I mean, it's super emotional because like you've been, like you said, you've been trying to lose weight your entire life. And all of a sudden it's coming off with barely minimal effort. Like now I almost tell people like, I, like some of these patients, I almost say to them, like, listen, I can force you to lose weight. You don't even have to try. Like literally I've said that to some people because it's absolutely true. A combination of two or three meds, you have no choice but to lose weight. I mean, you cannot even keep it on. (laughs) Like, it's like this one patient of mine the other day lost 80 pounds in two months, 80 pounds in two months. That is the fastest, most insane, craziest amount of weight loss I've ever seen in my life. 
And it's, it's just life altering. The guy's like, I can actually walk into your office today, <laughs> not in a wheelchair. Yeah, and, 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 the, and the difference, unlike all these other diets, is that I think uh, it's, it's doable for the masses. The, the diets that we've had out there, all these different diets, unfortunately, you take 10 patients and, you know, one or two can get through it and keep it off. And that's yeah. what's so frustrating is you get these two people that have the fortitude to keep it off and the other eight feel like failures. Um, yeah. The mental, the mindset is so tough. I mean, imagine you've seen these patients, they lose five pounds. I mean, patients like they, like I, I always say, you're gaining it. The, those same 20 pounds you're losing and gaining for the next 20 years or, you know, 30 years, even, you know, people gain five, 10 pounds. They try some fat diet, lose a few pounds, gain it back. Try another one, lose a few pounds, gain back. And they lose muscle, gain back fat, lose muscle, gain exactly, back fat. Exactly. Because it's and much easier to gain fat. It's very difficult to gain muscle. Yeah, it's impossible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless you're yeah. weight training, getting enough protein, all that kind of stuff. It's hard so, now. It's real hard. But no, I think, uh, I, I still think they're like magic. I mean, if you ask me what I feel, it's like a magic pill. So it's just unbelievable. And knock on wood so far, I haven't had anything horrible. And you, you've not noticed any side effects. Oh, no, I've had side effects. The GI mainly. But they're yeah, natural. Yeah, a little bit uh, of like, I, uh, little, like after you take the dose for the day or first day or so after you take the dose, you, I get a little more heartburn and, you know, more, more constipation perhaps. If I don't, but I take the fiber, you know, yeah. and I take a vitamin. That's mainly it. Oh, you know what I was getting? I was getting an allergic reaction to the shot. At the at injection the, site? At the injection site, uh, real red. Yeah, use topicals. Just topical. Probably. Did you, just topical. Was it actually an, an allergic reaction or just irritation? It looked like a, oh, it looked like a bee sting, yeah. Oh, okay. So pretty. And, yeah, apparently. What, it's did, pretty what did you do to. Uh, I tried. To, I how do you still get it? I just put some topical steroids on. I haven't told my doctor because he'll probably tell me to stop it. So, right. yeah. I just put some topicals through. So you, and then it went away, or does it still come back? Yeah, it, gets, it goes away. Yeah, it goes away. It goes away. But it's so with you, each dose. With every you dose, inject, you get it. It gets irritated. You put the stuff, uh, the hydrocortisone on it, and it goes away. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not, it's, like, nah, it's not a bad trade-off. No, no. But no. It's the, G, the GI side effects are significant. I mean, um, some people get horrible heartburn. Some people get nausea, vomit, especially more so with the azepic. I, I hear I've never been on it, but yeah. get, you know, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. I haven't. Yeah, the Ozempic definitely has more side effects. That's why I usually like to try to start and stay on the lowest dose and just stack on other meds that help. Um, and that seems to, to do the trick. Plus, it accelerates the weight loss. I mean, insanely so. Um, when you have muscle agent. Yeah. That's so great. I also think you have to be watch what you eat. You don't want to say, gee, I'm going to go ahead and eat a fatty meal because that won't, you know, because I luckily haven't had gallbladder issues but when you lose this kind of weight you get gallbladder disease yeah you get stoned. absolutely and so what you don't want to do is challenge it by saying well since i'm not eating let me have some ice cream that's probably not a good idea unless you want to have a, a biliary yeah. attack let me ask you an off-topic question sure so when i got on tiktok this was about a year and, and a half ago maybe uh fall of 2022 2022 you were basically almost the only cardiologist on there from what I could tell. You were the only one talking real, actual cardiology, cholesterol. There wasn't a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. How did you end up on TikTok? Like, how did you select that and do that? I'm just curious. 
Yeah, I was retired and kind of bored, I guess. Um, and I got on for a while and I was getting a lot of followers. And then I started hearing, oh, you got to get off it. It's a Chinese app. You know, it's horrible. So I didn't know I went off for a while. And then I came back. Um, every now and then I turned it off just because some of it's pretty bad. You know, it's the just, comments, the, the comments, you know, not so much about to me. It, it's more just when you scroll through it, the stuff that's on it uh, is kind of nuts. Uh, oh, I don't actually scroll through it. I just post my videos and move on. I, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, reply to, I'll reply to comments, you know, but I'll never sit there and scroll through it. Oh, so that's that's what I need to do, because if you scroll through it, you get really frustrated. Oh, no, no, no. I, see really I, crazy stuff. It's insane. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the algorithm, <laughs> they test. They, I think it tests a lot of stuff on you and sees what you keep watching and feeds you more of it. It's insane. So I don't I don't do that at all. I just go on, prick, upload or record or whatever the button is, the plus button. You uh, you record a video, edit it, shoot it up there. And then I'll go through and re reply to comments in that little inbox, the activity box. I'll reply to comments and then I just get off. I don't, I don't stick with it. Like I on the compound, they did a lot of stuff on the compound. I remember. And people were just so upset. And I understand why, because they were desperate and I was telling them this is dangerous. And they don't want it's like it. supplements. It's absolutely like the supplement industry where people you have like the fish oil study that they produced the other, you know, few weeks ago, or maybe it's been a month now. They tested all of the fish oil supplements. 95% of them didn't contain fish oil. We have some funny. So my wife was seeing this neurologist and he wanted her to take um, what's, you know, the prescription was it called again, uh, uh, the SEPA. The SEPA. Yeah. And, but her triglycerides are normal. And he said, it'll help, uh, you know, mentation, all that. I'm no, like, but no. that's DHA. DHA helps mentation, not EPA. Anyway, so he pulls out, he says, this is the article. I said, I don't think it's going to help. So I texted Deepak Bhatt, the guy who wrote the article. <laughs> and I was in the office with him and I texted, he wrote back. I said, well, I don't mean to get you upset, but you're quoting this article. Here's the author. I just texted him. He says, you're wrong. He got really mad at me. So I don't think go back. Yeah, I think people overplay the benefits of a lot of these because I think people just want to cling it's on. It's expensive. It was like a hundred bucks a month. Oh, no, it's stuff. like 1200 because I don't think that like sort of like these other medications that well, don't really, for, Yeah. We, oh, maybe it was for her, but like some yeah. people, insurance is there, but like Multac, yeah. the drone, drone yeah. the amicadrone yeah. without the iodine, it doesn't yeah. work. It's like 1200 a month. Nobody wants to pay for it because it doesn't do anything. You know, I mean, there's all these people like, well, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't know. It's just. But this stuff that you do is helpful. I mean, I mean, uh, the TikTok, do you find it's worth your time? I mean, to me, I just like educating. I don't know. I don't get anything out of it. I don't really care. I just like educating. I, I give lectures all the time. I teach our fellows. I teach yeah. at conferences. To me, it's a way to reach millions, maybe billions. Yeah. I don't know. Instead of just the handful of people in front of me at a lecture yeah. or a conference. I don't really care. I mean, I don't I don't get money out of it. Like, I'm not yeah. part of their monetization. I think you'd make like a couple pennies a day, maybe. Yeah, if they stop it. I got like 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. and I, like, I never got anything. I never signed up for any of that. I just do it because I like educating and and it's um, it's entertaining when you find a crazy person and you like stitch their video. Like some of these oh, what people happened like, to that guy? What happened to that other correct that car? He's going. I haven't seen him. Which one is that? The one from Arizona that you were fighting with for a while. Oh, the natural heart guy? He probably natural, heart guy. natural heart guy? Oh, God. I don't know what happened to him. He's still there. A friend of mine was at some anti-aging conference. He he was in Arizona at an anti-aging mm -hmm. conference. 
He's like, dude, you don't want to come out here. And he's like, these people are all about supplements and nonsense and red lights. Five grand to show up and he did some ridiculous tests on Yeah, him. he had some $4,000 blood test and thousands of dollars worth of supplements. And he's more of a chiropractor, it seems like now. Um, but yeah, he's not a uh, board certified cardiologist anymore. He's not FACC. He's not any of that. But the ACC doesn't want to deal with these jokers because, you know, it's interesting. They want to harass us to get stay boarded. But then you get these guys out there that are obviously and they don't want to police. it. What did they say? Did you reach out to them? Yeah, I mean, I did. And they they kind of dropped it. But I think there's always a liability issue, right? Because you go after a person and you try to take away their livelihood because you think they're hurting the public. Well, I don't think you could take away their livelihood, but you can take away their fellow. Well, that's what the guy will say. Well, but he'll say you're taking away my FACC. Oh, I see what you're saying. So then he'll sue you. These are all volunteers. They don't want to be dealing. It's a shame. No, I agree. Yeah, you're right. And then I, I did for the cholesterol book. I uh, took out all those things that said more on this later, more on this later. I took all that. Out. I actually sent it to Thomas Dayspring. You know the, uh, mm-hmm. the famous yeah. pathologist that does a lot of teaching online. Mm-hmm. He he looked over everything, edited a ton of it. So he he's like, if you want, you can list me as like a contributing author because he like really put a lot of time into it. You know, or at least the or at least the editor of the lipid metabolism section, the absorption of um, lipids. I was like, yeah, absolutely for sure. So that's like getting to be like this this close to being uh, oh, a publisher. So we're we're good. It's a hundred thousand words right now. You're going to be, be more than the. You're going to have a bigger list than the Harvard president. You could get the uh, job next. She didn't have any wanna, books. No, I don't want any of that stuff. Um, I just want like the nonsense to go away. Because like if somebody's out there telling you eat this or eat that or do this or do that and cholesterol is not a problem and it's just this and it's just that and and it's just nonsense. But the the, the problem is the cholesterol textbooks are so hard to read, like Christy Ballantyne's book and the Peter mm-hmm. Toth book and all these other books. You open them up and you're just like, whoa, what is this? Where this is like written in plain English, hopefully to you know a normal person could pick it up and read it and for the most part understand it. So I, I do appreciate you know, the help and the advice you gave me there. Sure. I haven't, uh, yeah, I think it's funny now that you say it, I haven't, I scroll a lot. I haven't seen any of those crazy docs lately. Maybe they've taken, maybe because I stopped criticizing them, but I haven't seen, I haven't seen the neurologist. There's a bunch of them who were out there for a while. Tally. I haven't seen any crazy neurologists, Dude, but I don't really scroll through it a lot. But it was a bunch of docs saying cholesterol was High cholesterol is good for you because you need cholesterol in your brain. It was all that nonsense. I have oh, they're, they're still, but you know what? People tag me in those. They're like, what are they? Oh, so they're still there. Maybe I just haven't seen them. Yeah, I don't scroll through it, but like people will tag me and say, hey, you know, maybe Dr. Allen might not agree. And then I'll do like a little video combining the two videos, that little stitch thing. But I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's education also. Hopefully somebody benefits and doesn't stroke out, you know, if they. So I appreciate you coming on uh, and discussing your your journey. It's obviously uh, incredibly amazing. And these medications obviously are life-changing and life-altering for many people. Is there any advice you would give anybody who's maybe thinking of this or considering it, worried about the side effects? What would be your, your closing remarks oh, to anyone points, who might yeah. be considering this? Here's what I'd say is that you always want to try simple stuff first. and But obesity is a life-threatening problem and obesity causes a lot of illnesses and if you go to your doc and you come up with a plan to lose weight you have to have a definitive time frame but which you say okay it's not working so you say look i don't want to 
take a shot, but maybe you go to an obesity specialist like you, because maybe there are pills that you could start first. But if you give yourself a time frame, let's say three months, and you say to you with your obesity doctor, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. If you're successful, great. If you're not, then I would say, okay, we've tried the simple stuff. And I would, if you're a candidate for these meds, I would take it because I think you, it's not, it's not okay to stay at 300 pounds or you can't be 20, 30% above body weight for years. And I think these drugs are unique. And I think the studies would say that if you have risk for heart disease, these drugs will reduce your risk substantially. But I, but what, what I see happening is you go to the doctor and they say, lose weight. And then the next time you talk to the doctor is three years and you haven't lost any weight. I wouldn't do it. I would start simple. If you can't do it, I would get on the meds. Well, I hopefully appreciate you. And I hope in a year you'll be able to get them. Right now you can't get them. So. Yeah, it's hard. You, I, you can buy Tuzepatide, but it's $500 a month cash. And that's very expensive. Six grand a year. That's pretty pricey. Yeah, it is. Um, but I, I do, I will say one thing. Sometimes when these medications are expensive, I'll tell my patients, well, Imagine, like, let's say, I mean, 600 is a lot or 500 is a lot. But like, if, if it was a $200 a month medication, for example, I'd say to my patients, like, Bill Veek was around 175 some of these other ones. I'd be like, well, listen, are you saving that $175 worth of not buying food? You know, if you're eating 30, 40% less calories and food, would that save you 175 bucks a month? Right. That's maybe or, a trick. You're gonna, in my case, I stopped some blood pressure pills. You don't stop them until your, blood, your doctors will help you. But you're going to get off some other meds. I mean, yes, but 500, yeah, it's going to be out of pocket. 500 is definitely a lot. But yeah, in the 100 to 200 range, maybe. No, but I agree. I appreciate it's going to get cheaper. It's going to get cheaper. Absolutely. Once it's added to guidelines and all that, they're going to have to. But I appreciate you coming on. I know you're My super busy. But thanks for coming on. Hopefully people learn from this. And if you guys want, follow Texas Heart Doc on TikTok. Are you on any other socials? No, I haven't been. Facebook. Mainly just TikTok. Okay. TikTok. Facebook. All right. Well, yeah, I appreciate uh, everything you're doing. Very educational. Too, man. And uh, hopefully we can teach a lot of people and keep them out of our offices and Sounds off good. our cat, cat tables. All right. Good night, man. Thank All you. Right, have a good night. We'll chat. Bye. Bye-bye.